Hi, thank you for joining me. This is John Newby with John 2028 Apologetics on YouTube and the Lion of Lamb podcast. And today's podcast is going to be about race. I do talk more social issues on my podcast, as I tell you pretty much every podcast I pull up. And I'm going to kind of continue that here, but I'm going to go over race here with a part of the Bible that most people don't ever quote. And they mostly quote Galatians 3, you know, neither Greek nor Jew nor Gentile. They quote some from uh, Romans and about the flesh and all that. And all, all those are absolute great things to quote. But one of the verses that I don't think gets quoted, one of the parts of the books of the Bible that don't get quoted enough is First Peter. Okay, First Peter. And that's who I'm going through. I've been reading lately. And... Um, Let's go ahead. I'm going to be reading from the 1995 NASB version. All right. And we're going to start on chapter one. And we'll start at, let's go with verse 20. All right. So might get a little boring with me reading here, but just bear with me. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. But has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. He's talking about Christ. Whom through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for the sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love one another from your heart. For you have been born again. Now here's where it starts. Not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. So saying it's not because of your seed or who you're born from. You know, if you're born from the lineage of David, I know some, uh, you know, black Hebrew Israelites believe that, you know, only the only people from the 12 tribes and them being one and no white people also known as Edomites. That's me and you. If you're white, listen to this. That none of us inherit the kingdom of God because of our, our seed, where we're born from, who we are. And the scripture is so against that. It's absolutely insane. Just like some Jews that who are um, fairer skinned believe kind of the same thing in their own way. And so what, I, what Peter here is about to destroy is anybody trying to say, that they're saved, or that they're greater than someone else, or that they have meaning because of their skin color or their seed or their heritage, their genealogy, their ethnos is the Greek word, ethnicity or nation. Okay? For you have been born again, not of seed, verse 23 again, for you have not been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. For, and he's going to break it down even more, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word which is preached to you. Now, it's about to go into chapter 2. Now, remember when Peter wrote Peter... 
they didn't have, he didn't write chapter one, chapter two, verse one, verse two. That was later put in into the scripture. I think around 1400s or excuse me, 1400. Yeah, I think so. Off the top of my head. It's only been about a half a millennium. Okay. Something like that. But, uh, so this, he's rolling into the next thing here. So this, it doesn't end is what I'm saying. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, so you're being born again, your skin, your, uh, who you are, your seed is like grass that's just going to die. Like newborn babies, you're being born again, long for the pure milk of the word. So that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So Peter's also saying that you have to grow into Christ. Kind of like from Saul to Paul, right? That you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. The symbolism of milk. And coming to him as to the living stone which has been rejected by men. That's Christ, the living stone. But as choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in scripture. And then he quotes. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. So, and he's quoting Isaiah 28. The cornerstone. I know we've all heard that song, right? This is precious value then. is for you who believe so listen to that. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they were all appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his own marvelous light. For you once were not a people. But now you are the people of God. So he's saying, all right, listen to that. Let's go back again real quick. Chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race. And who's the chosen race? The newborns who have drank in the milk of the word. The word, the cornerstone of Christ. And it's not because of your seed, which withers away like grass. You are a chosen race. He's defining what that is. He's not talking about someone who has melanin or not melanin, who is black or who is white or anything like that. Or if you're literally from the house of David, the lineage. 
a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. So a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and you're a royal priesthood because you're under Christ. A holy nation. He's calling that the nation, the nation of the people who are on the cornerstone. A people for God's own possession. So God owns you. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his own marvelous light. For you once were not a people. Again, Peter's making it very clear. He's not talking about where you're from. It's who you are now under Christ. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy But now you have received mercy. So what makes the people of God? The ones who have received mercy. The people who have received mercy are the people of God. Not who they are. Not anything they've done. Not what part of the country or part of the world they're from. Or their lineage or their seed which withers away like grass and flowers and dies. It is the ones who are from the word and the ones that are under the cornerstone, the ones who drink of the milk like a newborn baby, the milk of the word, that is the ones who receive mercy. Beloved, and now he's addressing those and calling them beloved. Peter is calling those people now, he's addressing those people, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust and wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. So the people who don't believe like us, the Gentiles. So now he's calling the people who aren't under mercy Gentiles. That's who Peter now switches to. Originally, Gentiles were people not of Jewish descent. But now Peter has switched the word Gentile to people who are not under mercy. You understand? Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may because of your good deeds as they observe them glorify God in the day of visitation. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? And that's the beauty of Christ. That's the beauty of of salvation because it's nothing you can do. It's nothing that you... You can satisfy God for it's because it's nothing. And that's what I've told my, my friends before is that are, are very skeptical. Atheists and agnostic buddies. Like Christianity is so unique. It's not what you can do for God. It's what God has already done for you. God sent his only begotten son. His monogamous, his unique one. And he sent him to earth in human form who he had an eternal relationship with in the bosom of himself. 
and the eternal son came down and took human form. Isaiah, for us a child is born. And Colossians, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And he put himself on the cross and gave his life on his own accord and died and rose again for our sins. That is the powerful God that we worship and love. And I'm truly unworthy to even say his name. And the world wants to intertwine race into everything because it is unbiblical. Nothing that the world says is biblical. They're not trying, the world is not bringing up race to make the world a better place. The world is bringing up race to divide. Do you understand that? That's the sole purpose. It wants to divide. Because nothing shows the power of God more than an interracial church or interracial family. Because that's what heaven is. And if you got a problem with that, you better repent and listen to this podcast. Because there's no room in God's kingdom for that. I'm speaking to every person that listens to this, regardless of your race. That is the power of God. That is the power of His salvation. And the world will disguise it. Like, hey, we just want everybody to be treated the same. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want to cause division. And what they're doing is they're just taking a Christian doctrine and trying to claim it for themselves. Because the Christians believed in this. And this is our, just like our rainbow, our, it's ours. The rainbow is ours. The rainbow is a Judeo-Christian symbol that has been taken from us and used to mock God with sexual immoral sin. That is our symbol, and it is our teaching that we're all the same under. But see, here's where they leave out. They think we're all the same. We're all the same under Christ. Do you understand? Do you understand what I just said? We're all the same under Christ, meaning that we're all sinners. And then when a sinner repents and the heavens proclaim our salvation in the moment that we do repent... Once that happens, then we're one under Christ. And that is the nation that we serve. That is the family that you are in. And that is the head priest. And we are his bride and he is the groom. That is who you're married to now. 
It isn't your your uh, hunting buddies or the guy down the street who you're married to now is Christ. That's your family. And that's why we call each other brother. And that's why we call each other sister. And that's why brothers and sisters under Christ, regardless of your race, should call each other that. Because that is a proclamation and a word that we're telling the world. When I walk up to one of my brothers or sisters who happens to have darker skin than me, and I call them brother or sister, I am proclaiming to the world and for all that can hear it that... We are one under Christ. We are one under the cornerstone because we have all drinking of the milk of the word. And we are now, we are now a royal priesthood, a chosen race, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. We are the people of God because we have received mercy. That's what makes us one. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.